last week we announced, uh, of course, that Nafia Holmgren had passed away, and her funeral was this last week. Uh, her husband, Norm, uh, the two of them have been married 60-plus oh, years, maybe 70. Um, uh, Norm went into the hospital uh, just in the last 36 hours or so, and we need to be praying about his situation. Uh, it's not uncommon, as we all know, when a spouse of those that many years goes. It's not uncommon for one to go not long afterwards. And I don't know that Norm... Uh, is going to go right away. Maybe God will keep him around for a while longer, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, they were a couple who loved each other, and with that kind of relationship, uh, it's just a, who knows uh, what will happen with him. So we need to be praying about Norm Holmgren, who is in the hospital uh, as we speak. I know his family is thinking a lot about him as well. Would you pray with me, please? Holy Father, we thank you for the gift and the blessing we have of being together this morning. And Father, I pray that everything we do would honor you. And I pray that the words that I speak now would be your, your words, not my own. Uh, that you would guide and bless the things that I have to say and that you'd bless those who hear me. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen. We've been looking this summer at some of the great blessings of being a Christian. And in the course of of talking about the blessings of being a Christian, one of the things that I intentionally did and specifically did was to ignore a couple of burning kinds of questions that are actually on everybody's mind. You know, inquiring minds want to know, okay? Here's a couple of questions that I chose specifically not to deal with, although, as I'm going to tell you in a moment, I am going to deal with them a bit this morning. Number one, how is Christianity a superior religious philosophical choice? We've got lots of choices available in our world. We live in a pluralistic world with tons of options. Why is it that we should choose Christianity over some of those other choices? And we haven't done a lot with that. Instead, I've just been talking about how great it is to be a believer, but not really doing that against uh, other perspectives or other faiths or anything like that. And number two, why is Christianity exclusive so that a Christian cannot be pluralistic? Taking something from each faith and forming them into some kind of religious amalgamation. And people do this all the time. People want to take a little bit of Christianity and a little bit of Islam and a little bit of Buddhism, a little bit of Hinduism, a little bit of Taoism, a little bit of Confucianism, roll that all up together, pull some good pieces out of each, and then say, this is real truth. Or they will say, there's a little bit of truth in everything. So let's all pull that together, a little bit of truth from everything, and get, see what we get. Now, the reason I haven't dealt with that is because it's difficult. We don't have time on Sunday mornings to deal with all the issues. I have thought about having a class and going through this in the fall. I don't know that we're going to do that, but, but we might talk about some of the, the real reasons why Christianity is, to my mind, actually the superior choice. Uh, but we just can't do all of that on Sunday morning. It's also hard because you're not here for, for a philosophy lesson, or you're not even here for a theology lesson. You are Christians, and I'm a Christian. And so I come here on Sunday mornings not to hear some philosophical lecture, although I wouldn't mind hearing that from myself, but we come here on Sunday mornings to be encouraged, to be blessed, to hear scripture, to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ, and to build one another up, to be with one another, encourage one another. That's really why we're here. So we're not going to spend all that time focusing on the, all those kind of thornier issues. But this morning, it kind of can't be avoided. It kind of crops up. 
And as I was thinking about the reasons why I'm a Christian and why I feel blessed to be a Christian and love the Lord Jesus Christ, some of these kinds of things were on my mind this week. Let me see if any of you have seen this or either one of these. Have you seen these? These are on the back of the car in front of you sometimes when you come to a stoplight. You'll find a bumper sticker like one of these. And you'll notice these are not the same bumper sticker. This is two versions of something similar. And there is a group called Coexist. You can look at their website and see what they have to say. But notice that these are not exactly the same. Like, for example, after that first symbol uh, to my left, I guess it's on your left too, okay, um, after that, the second symbol, notice that for the two signs, it's different. For the top one, it's just a peace symbol. Anybody who's my age can readily recognize what that's all about. And then on the second bumper sticker, you see it's kind of that yin and yang of Taoism, Buddhism kind of thing. And then notice that the E, the next E is a little bit different. The top one has to do with gender equality or maybe even with sexual relationship between uh, homosexuals or something making some kind of comment about gender. And then the bottom one actually has to do with science. It's trying to say that there is a perspective out there, the scientific perspective, which exists all along, uh, alongside other perspectives. Then you have the Jewish star of David, of course. The next symbol, uh, obviously the top one wanted to make the eye, so it did something with that. But you'll see the, the pentagram in the circle, which is, has to do with Wiccan, Satanism kind of stuff going on. Uh, the next symbol on the lower one, it actually, I think that says Wiccan itself, but I can't really get that one anyway. don't know what that's all about. And the top one, of course, is the same as the second one in the bottom. And so they have combined symbols there. And then the very last symbol, of course, is, is a, a cross. And the point of this is written out at the bottom of the second bumper sticker. God is too big to fit into one place. Now, that's interesting. The word coexist doesn't necessarily mean agreement. And so Wayne and I could live next door to each other and totally disagree on everything, but we could coexist on the same street. Well, that's different than God is too big to fit in one place. The the statement at the bottom of the second bumper sticker makes it sound as though there really does need to be some kind of agreement between the two of us. Well, this is a message, I suppose, that at one level I certainly can appreciate. It's a message of unity, peace, and love. And the fact is, I'm kind of predisposed to unity, peace, and love. Those are good things. I I like the idea of unity. Our movement has been a movement that has wanted to stress unity. And I appreciate peace. Jesus talked a lot about peace. And I certainly appreciate, appreciate love. And so there's something to this, I think, that is significant. Now, it's also interesting when I start talking about unity, peace, and love and saying that I think God is actually for unity, peace, and love. People would at this point say, well, what about the Old Testament? The New Testament says a lot about unity, peace, and love. The Old Testament, eh, not so much. So what do we do with that one, Kelly? And I'm not going to really get into that today, but I'll tell you what, in two weeks on August 24th, after I studied this week and looked at this, I thought, you know what, on August 24th, I'm going to deal with the subject of violence in the old testament because it's there there's a lot of people killed in the old testament so what are we going to do with that here we are talking about love this morning that's a great big obstacle in some ways or in some people's minds and so we're going to deal with that on august 24th 
Well, nonetheless, even though that's present within the Old Testament, I actually see some value here in terms of God loving us the way he does. And I actually see some value in coexist and this the idea that we could be side by side and disagree. But I also have a problem with this. Because while Wayne and I may sit down and be able to coexist despite our intellectual disagreement, I don't see a whole lot of intellectual consistency within trying to join together these different perspectives. I think, in fact, that that's really hard to do. And I think those who would wear this bumper sticker on their car are going to have a problem because of this intellectual difficulty. I don't think that you can have everything in Confucianism and everything in Christianity fit together, and I think that's a problem. So we can choose to live together peacefully, perhaps, as a society, and exist, coexist, but is there really going to be intellectual agreement? Are there not going to be some real problems there? And I think there, there are. And so I would affirm one message in this bumper sticker, but I would definitely deny the other. And so I would conclude something like this from all of that talk. We may all choose to live together peacefully. I think that's possible. And that's good. But that is so much different than saying that we all agree about what is ultimately true. And it's not hard to see this. There are some Americans here today. Any Americans in the audience today? Anybody who's... who's like a legitimately an American, okay? Like from the United States of America. Well, I am too. I got two or three over here. Notice they're all sitting on one side together in one little place, okay? If I was to ask the Americans today, what do you think? Is it better to be an American or is it better to be a Canadian? Or if I was to turn to this contingent over here, they're kind of a little group too, and I said, is it better to be an African from Africa or is it better to be a Canadian? Well, they might well say it's better to be an African, or the Americans might say, it's actually better to be an American. And all of us Canadians, we would shout back, no, boo, we think you're wrong. Okay? And so there could be some real differences there between Americans and Canadians. And of course, it doesn't just, it's not limited there. We have some people here who could go to a football game sometime in the next month or so, and they would wear green, and they would paint their faces green. And sitting next to them, there would be somebody who's in red. And they would paint their faces red. And they would sit next to each other. And they would disagree about which team is best. But they could at the same time sit next to each other without punching each other. It's possible. I know the other sometimes happens. But it could work out that way. Because we have the ability to coexist and not disagree. Or to, and to disagree at the same time. I could say to you, is it better to be from Saskatchewan than to be from Alberta or British Columbia? And even as I said, is it better to be from Saskatchewan, somebody back here is nodding his head. Yes? You don't even have to finish the sentence. It's better to be from Saskatchewan. Okay? Some people just think that way. Well, I think there's room for that kind of intellectual, philosophical disagreement and yet for us to be together. 
In fact, I would say that having disagreements doesn't mean social disharmony. We tend to think that if you disagree with somebody religiously, that you can't live with them. You can't be with them. There doesn't have to be, however, social disunity just because there is philosophical or even religious disagreement. Wouldn't you think so? Like, can't we sit next to each other and disagree and still coexist? I think so. Now, all of that said, I do have a problem with religious extremists. And, and maybe that's a bad way to say it. Maybe, maybe we should all be religious extremists. And so maybe it's a mistake to say that there's a problem with religious extremists. But I do have a problem with that faction of religious people who end up in some kind, particularly of violent extremism. And they will not tolerate social harmony. And from their perspective, intellectual systems are absolutely incompatible. And they think if those are incompatible, then socially we have to be incompatible. We have to disagree. We can't be together. We can't decide to live together. And I have a problem with that. You may wonder, of course, as I often do, what the deal is with some of those religious extremists. I don't get what's going on in northern Iraq. I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand how religious people goes through a country in the name of their God, killing everybody in their path who isn't exactly like them. That seems to me a horrible tragedy. And so it was interesting, in the last couple of days, I was in my driveway working on my car. And down the street came three young ladies who were all dressed with the traditional Islamic hijab on their heads. And so they were pretty much covered. Their faces were open. Young ladies, just three teenage girls walking down the street. But they didn't know that there was a preacher living in the house they were walking in front of. So he's in the driveway. And as they walk by, I said to them, Hey, girls. I have a question for you. I said, I don't get this thing with ISIS. Like, I don't understand. ISIS, ISIL, whatever it is that they're calling themselves, the Islamic State, I don't get it. What is going on with that? And their response was, we don't know what you're talking about. Because they're 16 or 17. And they're not watching the news like I am. And so they had absolutely no clue about what I was talking about. And so I said to them, you mean, you, you know, you don't know? And so I kind of explained to them, there's this group, this Islamic state group coming down from northern Iraq and they're, you know, they're taking city after city and as they go, they're killing person after person and they're terrorizing people and the, the minority religions, Christianity, the others are running for their lives and they're head up into the hills and now Obama's bombing them and so I kind of explained all that to them. And the girl says to me, this kind of the spokesman for the group, said to me, well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's not even Islam. It's not Islam at all. She said, my faith as a Muslim is completely different from that, and I wouldn't even say that they're Islamic. Well, that was kind of interesting, interesting response from her. We talked a little bit about that. Personally, and I didn't say this to her because I didn't want at that point to be confrontative or something, but I, I personally think she's mistaken. 
Like, I do think that there are some elements of the Islamic faith that can take people down that path more easily than some other faiths. And in fact, you probably have noticed, like I have, that most of the terrorism in the world comes from a common source. And I'm not saying that nobody else is guilty. I'm just saying that it tends to come from that one Islamic source. And that tends to make me think that something is going on particularly with them. Well, we had a nice conversation. It was interesting. And I wanted very much, you know, just to kind of build relationship there and to show them that something else could happen in conversation with us. And I, you know, I think they appreciated all of that. So here we are. What do we do with these differences? Can we coexist or not? Well, here's what I would say, at least from the intellectual, philosophical side of things. If everything Jesus said about himself is true, okay? If everything that Jesus said about himself is true, then everything Muhammad said about himself cannot be true. If everything Jesus said about himself is true then all the claims of Hinduism about how many gods there are and all the claims of Gautama Buddha and all the claims of Confucius and all the claims that are made out there by various religionists, they can't all be true. There has to be, to my mind, some kind of mutual exclusivity here. And neither is there at the core some mysterious element capable of uniting them all together if we're just willing to see it. I may find a way to live peaceably with all of these people, but our intellectual, philosophical, religious claims are not compatible, even if socially we decide to coexist. Jesus is not both the final and ultimate revelation from God and Muhammad at the same time the greatest prophet and the Buddha the height of his spiritual enlightenment the personal God, Yahweh, who revealed himself in Jesus Christ and lives in us through the Holy Spirit is not the ultimate power and creator of the universe and at the same time, there is standing behind all things this very impersonal, unifying Brahman of Hinduism or of Buddhism. They can't all exist together intellectually and still be consistent. And it seems to me that to for this to be the case, for us to say, well, there's, there's this and this and this, but they can all be compatible intellectually. It can all fit consistently. I think it's wishful thinking. Like we'd like to think that the world can all just be one big happy family, but intellectually it just doesn't work. Now, all that said, here is what I appreciate so much about Christianity this morning. It's that Christianity, even at a level beyond Judaism, not only promotes social harmony so that we can coexist, but at its core, I think it is a superior ethical treatment of humanity. And here's what I mean. The faith of Jesus Christ centers on claims like Love your neighbor as yourself. The lion will lie down with the lamb. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The meek will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. There remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And love is patient, and it's kind, and it doesn't envy, and it doesn't boast, and it's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. It's superior. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Because God is love. And therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness in humility and gentleness and patience. And bear with each other and forgive one another. If anyone has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, it says, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Love is the core of what it means for us to be Christian. Listen to these words from 1 John chapter 2. Anyone who claims to be in the light... In other words, anybody who claims to be a Christian, anybody who claims to be spiritual, anybody who claims to be walking with God, but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. Do you see how love is at the very core of what it means to be Christian? It is the core of who we are. And I like that. From front to back, Christianity is about love because that's who God is. And you can imagine how saddened he is by all the examples in the world of those who do not love. Now let me take this one step further in terms of our appreciation for our common faith. You know, I have studied ethical systems. Like I've looked at the ethics of Hinduism and I've looked at the ethics of Buddhism and I've looked at the ethics of Islam and all these different systems. And personally, when I see Christianity displayed for what it should be, like real Christianity out there before the world, and I just ask the question, where does this fit among the ethical systems of the world? I'm totally impressed. Like I love the ethical system that Jesus has given us for the ways in which we're supposed to treat each other. Now sometimes that's united with some government like in the United States or like what Calvin did back in the 16th century in Switzerland and I'm not so impressed with it then. But when it's just pure Christianity as Christ intended it, the ethic of Christianity is the loftiest there is in my opinion. The only one that even comes close in any way, is Buddhism. And I don't know if you've ever looked at Buddhism, but it, it does have a lofty ethic for sure. It tends to leave God and his revelation of himself completely out of the picture. And sometimes it seems as though we're doing it completely on our own, but I, at least I have to give them credit. There is a lofty ethic there within Buddhism. Um, there is, by the way, huge questions about the Buddha himself in terms of his family life. It's interesting, when the Buddha was called to go off and do his religious thing, he left his family for seven years, including his wife who asked him not to go, and his son who he left behind. So he was gone for seven years on a religious quest. When he came back and he tried to build a relationship again with his son, not so successful. 
So there were some problems there with the Buddha's own spiritual journey. Nonetheless, I appreciate their ethic. But these kinds of things make me say that there is something so superior about what Christianity espouses in terms of its love, its ethics, and its morality. And by the way, at this point, usually when I'm talking about how great Christianity is, there's somebody who will say to me, oh yeah, well what about the Crusades? Or they'll say, well what about the Spanish Inquisition? And I've seen and read about the Spanish Inquisition both in history and Monty Python. Okay? And the same thing with Bloody Mary. Everybody wants to talk about Bloody Mary. It's not just a drink. This lady used to kill people because she wanted them to adhere to her faith. And she was the queen at the time. And so she had some power and she did that. I get all of that. I understand Northern Ireland. Or at least I've seen on the news all the events that have taken place during my lifetime where people have in warring Protestant and Catholic sects fought against each other. But here would be my response. That's not Jesus. Like, go to the scriptures and try and find in the New Testament any hint of Jesus being violent in terms of his response to people. Violent to the point of hurting someone. I just can't see it. It's not there. And I would say that that kind of moral ethic and the love that drives Christ is something that the world needs and we need to display it to them. So I'm back in my driveway saying goodbye to the three Muslim girls as they go off and we've had the the conversation. And as they get 15, 20 feet away and I'm starting to go up the driveway, the one who'd been the spokesman turns around and she says to me as I'm going up the driveway, hey, thanks for asking. And when she said that, I thought to myself, that's exactly what I wanted. That's what I wanted. Like I wanted her to realize that she may not know me, she may not understand I'm a Christian, she certainly doesn't know that I'm a minister, but at least she knows there's somebody, a Canadian who is responding to her in some respectful way and was interested in asking her about who she is rather than just putting her off and certainly just allowing for conflict to exist. And I think that's where we need to be. Christ wants us to love those around us and he calls us to this lofty, high ethic where we have a chance to treat people as he would treat them. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for the the blessing and privilege we have of living out our faith in a world where there is the freedom for us to express ourselves. I'm grateful for that. And Father, I'm grateful that we can say, even in the midst of coexisting with others, that we disagree and that we hold you up and that we believe that you're truth. And so Father, help us to continue to make that claim even as we love others even as we love them like we love ourselves. And Father, we pray that the love that we have in our hearts for others, through Christ, would be able to impact them positively positively for you, that their lives can be changed by the goodness of the gospel and by your love. Help us to have that and to express it, to show it in every way. We thank you that you are love, 
we praise you that that's the center of who you are. Help it to be our center as well. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen.